Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. You may be seated. We're going to jump right in. I'll share the other stuff later. We're going to jump right in. This is week two of returning to the original. Uh, I started this two weeks ago, and uh, I am like real excited. I love, for me, all I need is the first three chapters of Genesis and the name of Jesus, and I have everything I need. Everything you could, I just, I could meditate on those first three chapters forever, and I just keep getting more and more stuff. And because when we look back at, at, at chapters one, and especially chapters one and two of Genesis, we see like perfection without any effects of sin. You know, if you want to see what, what, the, what the church of Jesus Christ looks like, you, you know, you want to go back to the original. The original is out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I won't go there because that's another time for another time. But that was like before anything, we just see like kind of the original, what the first, the birth of it. You know, when you, you see a child, when, when they're born, it's like, oh, um, yeah, sorry, we're on, yeah, we're on here, so they don't want me to walk, so I like, I'll stand here, hi guys, how you doing, yeah, nice to see you, yep, all fear be silent, anyways, never mind, okay, <clears throat> so um, I- I'll-, I'll walk a little bit, you're going to lose me once in a while, sorry, I can't stand that still, uh, so uh, it's the ADD in me, yeah, anyways, so you see perfection in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. And like we talked two weeks ago, when you, when you look at chapter one, everybody wants to try to understand, you know, how the world was created. We're all worried, you know, was it evolution? Is it creation? All that stuff. You know what the first chapter really talks about? The first chapter talks about God and who God is, what he is like, what his understanding is. And, and so we looked at that last time, and, and I'll just share, like, well, before I do, let me just say this. That So what we're looking at is, who is God? Like, what is his nature? What is his ways? And then, who, who are we? That's what we're going to look at uh, this week. Who are we? Like, what is our, uh, like, how were we created? How, what is our purpose? Stuff like that. And then we're going to look at, like, kind of, like, what our assignment is and, and kind of how that got a little bit messed up. Uh, uh, yeah, in chapter 3, Genesis, it got a little messed up. And how God wants to restore it. That's what's going on. God restores the original. That's what he wants. That's why he says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's why he says, you know, Jesus says, you must be born again. What? Born again. That means you need born anew. Re, like new creation. A new, you know, back to the original form. And in chapter 1, we saw like how, I'll just list them very quickly, we saw that, that God is personally involved in his creation, that God is powerful, he just speaks and it happens, that, that you know, he was, is, and always will be, he's the I am, ever present. It wasn't like he had a past or he, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a past, he doesn't have a future, he is, Period. And then we saw that, like, he's creative. Like, I mean, come on, just look around. You see how creative he is? Just look at each other. Look how weird we all look, man. Well, you know, well, he's very creative, you know. 
<clears throat> Sometimes too creative, yeah? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, but he creates order. It goes from formless and void to order. He creates order, but maybe not the way you want order, but he orders things very, you know, it's just who he is. He's, and he's three in one, and that God blesses that he, he's a life giver. He's not a death giver. He's a life giver. And, then, and that he, he really loves us. And so today I want to look at mankind or human, humankind uh, and, and, and how he created. That's actually in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis. And so basically we want to look at kind of like how, that we were like built special or custom made and that, and that, that we have a, what is our purpose? We were built with a purpose. And then, you know, and we'll cover at the end, it's really a deep subject, something that's not talked about, that, that God actually, when he created us, he created us for pleasure. He wants us to have joy. Yeah, he wants us to have joy. And I'll, I'll show that today. And, and so let's just jump right in. And the first thing is that, like, you are special. Now, I get a little bit nervous when I use that term, you are special, because, you know, it, it's not like, you're special. Like, you know, I'm special and you're not. You know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes even Christians look at, like, you know, we're special and you're not a Christian, you're not. That, that's not what I mean when I use the word special. What I mean is that you were, I like the word, custom made. You were custom made. So like, you know when you go into like Ace Hardware and you go up and you go to buy a, a screwdriver, you know, you go up there and what, they're all black and yellow, they're exactly the same, and there's a there's hundred of them right there and you pick one. Well, that's not how he made you. He didn't make you like that. It's not like you went to a shelf and you're exactly like the one next to you. Uh, matter of fact, you just look around. We can see we're all different colors here. You know, even what we wear are different colors. We have different personalities. And so, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. The way I see it is that God kind of looked down at the earth. You know, he saw that the earth, the world, the people of the world, everything was, it was missing something. It was missing someone who could display him in only a, in a unique way to show a different part of who he is because he's infinite. He said it's missing something, so he created you. He created you a certain way to put you in the world to display a, a part of who he is in a, in a way that no one else can. So he created you in a certain way. First, first, uh, first Corinthians, sorry, uh, Psalms 139 says that he formed you in the womb, you know, and like when he created you and when he created Adam and Eve, you realize that he had eternity in mind. Like when he created man, he had eternity in mind. What does it say? It says that the world will pass away. Even the heavens will pass away. But there is one thing that will not pass away. Humans, they will not pass away. They, they have eternal spirit. So when he created you, he had eternity in mind, not just like some temporary thing. He thought about eternity. Oh, that blows my mind when I think about that. He made you thinking about you living forever. Whew. It says in, in Genesis chapter 1, we, we see it says, let us create man in our image, in, in, in our likeness. So God created uh, uh, mankind in its own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, we're both created in the image of God. You know that, right? You know how ladies got their name, right? Adam woke up and said, whoa, man. Anyways, um, never mind. 
the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed in him the nostrils, in his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living creature. You know, it says that he formed him from the dust of the ground. He goes on and he says it, you know, he says, be fruitful and increase in numbers, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the sky, every living creature that moves on the earth. And so we see that God created man differently than he did the rest of the world. <clears throat> All he said about the rest of the world is he just spoke and it happened. Spoke, 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 and got to us and didn't do that. Actually, placed his hands on us. I, I just find that, in, that God in, is intimately involved in creating you. Like he's just, you know, one thing, it's one thing to speak. It's another thing to touch. And so he like formed you and like he thought about you when he was forming you. And as he was creating you, he was putting his hands on you. He was molding you. I just love that about God. And then he says, it not only says that, but it says that like he, he, he breathed life into you. Now, you got to understand something. That those words that he said, when he says, I breathe life in you, those are the exact same words that Jesus used in John chapter 20. After Jesus was resurrected, he came to the disciples and it says, he breathed on him, them the breath of life, the Holy Spirit. Same exact words. And so in Adam and Eve, when God spoke, like breathe into them. It wasn't like he just made them alive. He breathed on them like life-giving power because that's exactly what the Spirit does. When the Spirit, when God, when you come to Jesus, when you come to the Lord and he breathes in you and you become uh, uh, a, a born-again Christian, I'll just say it that way, he breathes in you the Spirit and he gives you what? Life-giving power. 1 Corinthians says it this way. I love what 1 Corinthians says. Oh, I'm jumping, but life is rough. It says, so it is written in the scriptures, the first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living soul, an individual. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, like restoring dead to life, just as we have become the image of the earthly thing, we also bear the image of the heavenly one. So what he's saying here is God pours in his spirit and we become life-giving spirits. Say goodbye for a minute. <clears throat> okay, life-giving spirits. This is why it drives me crazy about this stuff. We have to breathe life into the world. We have to, th this thing has no power on me. I mean, I'm not talking about whether I get sick or not. That's the other, understand, I don't want to be careless, but understand what I'm thinking. I just hate when it tries to put fear inside me. Woo, I get so mad. Get fired up. No, we breathe life. We don't receive death. This is why God is life-giving. This is why God does not give death. That's why this is not of him. Sickness is not of him because it doesn't breed life. And only God breathes life. And that's what we're called to do. Breathe life into things. Am I the only one getting excited here? It's time. That's why. That's why. Okay. Sorry. That's why 
when, when, when you, this is why I was talking about, like, if you read something, like, uh, it's not even just about this, this virus thing, but in general, you know, you read about, you know, doomsday, about, you know, uh, climate change, all these different things, right? They just, you, we're going to die in 10 years. You know, all this stuff just wants to pour fear inside us. That is not of God. Oh, that is not of God. Okay. No, because I just get fired up because we are the life givers. We are not death givers. And so like when you read something like that, I, I, I got an exercise for you. When, as many uh, things that you read uh, on, the, on this subject or on, on, on things that, that breed fear and death, you should be reading God's word to pour it in you to get, you know, to overcome that. As many times as you post about the panic and the ep- epidemic or the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, you know, and you post all the things, this is all that's happening in the country. When you po- Do me a favor. The next post, post how great God is. Post how powerful he is. Post what he does. Let's post those things, yeah? Let's stop breathing life into things. That's why he said, what does he say? He says, we are called to rule, to, 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 to dominate. That doesn't mean lord over. That doesn't mean be careless of life. That doesn't mean we, we, we just, you know, I was thinking of it today, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, plastics. Everyone's like all up in arms and at plastics. Yes, but plastic is not the problem. It's not. We're the problem. Plastic is good. There's a lot of good things that plastic does. It's important. And and we can destroy plastic if we heat it up right. We can destroy it without any chemical problems or anything. We can do it all. It it all can be done. But that's, see, the issue isn't plastic. The issue is us. The issue is we're not breathing life into the world. We are not reigning and ruling like we should. Is that okay? You catching this? And so let's, let's rule. Let's rule like God rules. Be creative, life-giving, powerful, really loving. Speaking, you know, blessings. Let's be like God because guess what? We were made in the image of God. One more thought on the side. This is just a side note. You're going to get a lot of freebies today. Okay? You know, so like... Let's say, let's say he does something evil. Okay. Sorry, man. But let's say he does something evil to me. Okay? All right? All right? Now, here's the, here's the, here's the crazy part of God. Here's the crazy part of God. All right? What does it say? God defends the helpless. God defends the lowly, the downtrodden, the ones who need help, he helps, okay? So here's the thing. I have a choice. I can be, way to go, buddy. Be filled with life, guy. Be filled. We need to be like that, man. We really do. We just need to have fun. Anyways, so, so if I, I, can, I can breathe life into him by forgiving him, by loving him, 
by, by you know, letting it go, all of the things, right? I can do all the godly things. I can do all that, right? Which is a wonderful thing. And when I'm doing that, guess what? God is on my side. Like, he is just moving with me. He's like, go. He's like, he's standing up like with Stephen. He's going, go, Donald, man. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Awesome, right? However, if for some reason I want to get even with him and I start acting in a way that I want revenge and I start hating him, and I, guess what God does? The Bible says that God defends the defenseless. I just put God on his side. Now God is defending him against me. Are you catching this? That's why the Bible says when someone, don't, 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 you know, revenge his mind, saith the Lord, and, and by doing good, you pour hot coals over their head. I don't have time to go into all that. It's a really customary thing. It's really amazing what, what he's actually talking about there. But basically, what's happening is I am pouring the Holy Spirit, beautiful things upon him when I'm forgiving him and all that. But if I go after him, God defends him. And that's why it gets you all messed up. You're like, God, why are you defending that dude? That dude did wrong. He's going, because you're doing wrong. Because you're hurting someone that's made in my likeness. That's a freebie. Move on. Yeah, where were we? So he's called us to rule and be life-giving spirits, right? So so then, then he goes on, and here's Adam. He's sitting in the garden, right? He's hanging out in the garden, right? He's got all this stuff right? I mean, he's got all this stuff, right? He's got all these animals. He's got, you know, right? Names them all, looks around, keeps looking. And then God says, guess what, Adam? You can't finish your task, the purpose that I've given you to rule and to multiply. By the way, multiply is not just, uh, boy, I'm never going to get through it, so I can't say much on that. He Not multiply just to have children. That's not what he's talking about, just multiply. We're called to multiply goodness, graciousness, all of that stuff, okay? Uh, and he goes, you can't do that on your own. You're lonely. You need a helper. So he creates Eve. Now, do me a favor. Uh, can I say this? That the Christian world, this is a mistake I believe that the Christian world has made. Uh, uh, and, and they've glorified marriage and saying that's the ultimate. You know, they always say Adam and Eve. But you know what? That's not what he's talking about. You can't fulfill your mission alone. You can't fulfill the assignment God gave you alone. That's why you need other people. And the Bible even talks about how sometimes not being married is an advantage over being married. No couple say amen there. <laughs> you know, but, but as husbands, as wives, we know when we wake up in the morning, we, we have two things in mind. What we want to do and what our spouse wants to do. You don't when you wake up in the morning. There's a lot of advantages. But that means, but he doesn't want you to be alone. He wants you to have fellowship and friendship, connect groups. He wants you to, he will put people in your life to help you. So you have relationships. God does not want us to be outside of relationships in general. He who isolates himself seeks his own destruction. It says that in Proverbs. He who isolates himself, meaning doesn't have any friends or whatever, 
He seeks his own destruction. He can't do it. So God does build people in our path and put people in our lives so that we can fulfill the mission. He doesn't never want us he doesn't want us to do this alone. Now, because I, I really want to share a lot on this last thing, I'm just going to jump to it because I got so much stuff this morning, just this morning praying that um, you're just going to get it and it might not be in a perfect order, but I'm telling you, this is, I'm so excited about the stuff. I'm like sitting there, just, I want to just sit and meditate myself before I even give it to you. But here's the thing. So the, the, the God, he creates, he creates Adam and Eve and he puts them in the garden. Now, one thing is, this garden was not small. It's not like it was the size of this room. It was huge, right? Big garden. It was big, like big-time garden, right? And he puts us in it. Now, Eden, you know what the word Eden means? It means paradise or pleasure. So basically, he places man in a place of pleasure. Now, not pleasure like, you know, sinful stuff, okay? I'll get to that in a minute. But, but he places them in the garden. And he wants us to have pleasure. He wants us to have joy. So, like, you know, let me, can I just speak right to the prayer team for a second? I just want to speak right to the prayer team. And if you're not sitting here and you're on the prayer team, you know I'm talking to you too. You guys have, uh, are amazing. By the way, they pray for every prayer request that you put on that card, they pray for on Monday nights. Know you're getting prayed. And these guys are amazing. I love who you are and the others. I know there's others that aren't. Right? But a lot of times you feel like you're in war. You know? But God doesn't want you to walk around in war all the time. He wants you to have joy. As a matter of fact, what did he say about our battle? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. One of the weapons he gives us is joy. Joy is a weapon against the evil one. So let joy flow in your life. I'm just encouraging our prayer team because I know that they, they struggle over your prayers and they fight. And there's a lot of stuff they deal with. You know? Yeah? See, this is why, think about it. This is why the devil, I hate his name. This is why the evil one has his sights on you. Why? Everything else is not eternal. He wants to destroy what is eternal. So he wants to destroy you. That's what he wants to do. So here they are. They're put in this place, right, of, of pleasure, right? And it's really big, right? It's really nice. Now, I want, you to be, I want to be clear here. Do you realize that the garden was a perfect place? God walked in the cool of the evening. Man, it says about uh, Adam and Eve, it says that they were naked and unashamed. It means they had no uh, shame before God. They were completely, you know, open to God and ple- completely open to each other. There was no shame or anything. But do you realize that evil was present? Evil was present. We know the serpent was around, right? We know he was around. We, we, we know that it was right there. He said, he said, what did he say? He said, if you eat of the tree, you will die. Basically saying, yeah, there's evil. Evil was present, but evil had no effect. Evil was present, but had no effect in Adam and Eve or in the garden. You have been placed 
in a wonderful, beautiful place in a garden. I believe it. I believe if you, you know, the, well, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute, but, you know, if you look around your life, there's an old song. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. I guarantee you if we sat down here today, we could spend about three hours in just naming all the blessings that you have, right? So you have this garden, and we all know that evil is present in this world, right? I had to deal with five minutes. I had to spend five minutes on it earlier, right? We know that. But it, ha- it, ca- it doesn't have to have effect in your world. It's Adam and Eve who allowed evil to affect their world by eating, by disobeying, by not following what God wants. That's how evil had effect in their world. That's how evil will have effect in your world. I'm going to talk about it next week, about uh, the idea of sin and its reign, how it rules and reigns. I'll explain that next week. I don't have time this week. But So you don't have to allow evil, even though it's present all around you, it doesn't have to affect your world doesn't have to okay second part is so here's this wonderful beautiful garden right fantastic garden it's all around right i mean it's huge big right what does he say it says he takes the tree of life and the tree of good and evil and he places it in the middle of the garden you read the scriptures you go back and you'll say he placed it in the middle of the garden right he placed it in the middle now my first question is is eve sister adam bro The garden was huge. Why are you spending all the time around one dumb tree? Oh, you laugh. Okay. Bye. (laughs) This is like your life. You got this beautiful garden. In your mind, you got so many thoughts. You know, like, you know, look at, I mean, come on, just put your eyes right there for a while. I mean, if you just put your eyes there for five seconds, you know, what a beautiful garden, yeah? What a beautiful garden. And all of a sudden, look at the smile star, all the smiles, all the, right? This is hanging out in the garden, right? You have all these things to be thankful for, right? You're, you're walking all around, right? Walking all around. In your mind, you got all these other thoughts, and you keep focusing on one bad tree, You know, one bad trauma that happened in your past. You know, how's your life? First thing you think of is all the bad things. Why do you hang around that tree when you have so many other thoughts that you can think on? And guess what? Just like Adam and Eve, you're feeding on that tree. And what's it bringing into your life? Death. You know, imagine this for a second. I'm going to go over time. Sorry, guys. Imagine this. Not that sorry, actually. Okay, here's, here's Eve, right? So Eve, you know, she's hanging around, hanging around. And she comes over to Adam. She says, hey, Adam, I got a, I got a problem. What's that, Eve? I, I keep looking at that tree. I know God said I shouldn't. I keep looking at it. It's, it's very interesting to me. What do you think we should do? 
Adam goes, you know what? Let's, let's, you know, God's coming. He's coming in the cool of the evening. He'll be here soon. Let's talk to him about it. So they start walking with God and they say, you know what, God? You, know, I, I, you said don't eat that tree and, and you haven't told me why. I'll talk about that next week. You haven't told me why. All right, I'll deal with that. But God, I keep, you know, it's, it's looking pretty good. What should we do, God? And I, I know God's answer. God turns to them and says, what do you think you should do? Adam says, you know, Eve, maybe we should, you know what? Let's build a fence or a wall around that tree. And you know what? Let's give the key to God so we can't even open it if we want to. And then Eve says, yeah, but it's really good looking tree. So Adam, you're, you're like a really good gardener. I've been watching you. You know, would you just do me a favor? Would you just like build bushes around it so I can't see it anymore? Okay, Stefan, what do you, Monica, you know, all right, okay, here's, here's, here's little, you know, here's, here's little uh, Mikael, you know, like my little grandson, you know, and, and, and there's the thing he's not supposed to have, and, you know, he's now walking, so he, right, I mean, his eyes, his eyes are on the prize, right, so what do you do? You pick him up, you turn him around right away, right, walks right back to it. So what do you do? You distract him and get him to think of other things. Once he starts thinking of other things, like, ah, oh yeah, this is fun. Forgets all about the very thing he's not supposed to be touching. Thy word, David said what? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What he's saying is, He's filling his mind and his thoughts with the things that he should have on his mind. All the other parts of the garden instead of the place that he's not supposed to go. And they could live for eternity like that in a world of pleasure where evil never has, even though it's present, it doesn't have an effect in their life. I think that's what God wants us to do. That's why, you know, hey, David, I'm struggling with this, man. Can you help me? Yeah, let's go to God together. That's what friendships are for. I don't think God's going to get upset if you walk with him in the cool of the evening and say, hey, God, I'm struggling with this. You know, Dave and I, we don't know what to do. What do you think we should do, God? And, of course, he's going to say, what do you think you should do? He'll give you the answer. Holy Spirit will whisper in your heart what to do. Final thought. Good stuff, yeah? This is the stuff, this is why God, we can walk this world the way God designed us as life-giving spirits, as life-giving people who breathe out life. Evil can be present, but it doesn't have to affect us. And then finally, I I find this, that, that God, what does he do? He takes the two trees and he says he puts them in the middle of the garden. This is the way I see it. He's like, choice, bro. You have a choice. You can make the tree of life the center of your life, or you can make the tree of good and evil that I told you not to, you can make that the center of your life. What will be the center of your life? Will you choose to feed on the tree of life all your days? 
Oh, you choose to feed on the one I told you not to feed on. And then, you'll, hey guys, you can come out, because if you don't come out, I'll just keep talking. So, you know, I, I don't know where they are. Are they already back there? Come on, what are you doing out there? Let's go, guys. Just kidding, man. I love these guys. We should get them. They're, they're a wonderful band. I love these guys. Anyways, yeah, we're all clapping for you, Reno, because you're the only one coming out. Anyways, so what will you make the center of your life? Because you have a choice. The two are in the center. Which one will you start feeding on? Which one will you walk in? Which one will you begin to surround all the time? Because what, is, what, is, what you're feeding on is what the center of your life is. Come on. We know this. It's time that we start becoming the people God called us to be, right? It's time that we start walking in the rule and reign that God has called us to do. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Thanks for making me, Lord. Thanks for making me. Lord, you know, I look in the mirror. Sometimes I think, I don't know why you made me the way you made me, Lord, but thank you. Because for some reason, that's who you wanted me to be. So thanks. Thanks for making me who I am. And Lord God, I thank you that you just didn't make me and leave me alone. But Lord God, you gave me power. Thank you for that power. Thank you, Lord God, for life-giving power that is filled with grace. That even when I make mistakes, Lord, hallelujah, you cover them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to feed on your ways. I want to walk in your will. I want to eat the tree of life because I know it tastes good, Lord. Open my eyes that I might see all the blessings around me. Help me not to concentrate on the one dumb thing. Because Lord God, hallelujah. This life you gave us is amazing. Lord, and you gave me power to make it even more amazing. So Lord, fill me again with that life-giving power that I might breathe life into creation. Let me be light.